I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 133 of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about good Trump, bad Trump. Unless this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, you're well aware that I have been pretty critical of Donald Trump and the Trump administration because he's done a lot of really crappy things. And the truth of the matter is I'm going to be very critical of anybody who is in the White House because presidents today exercise a vast array of authority, and I use air quotes around authority, that is absolutely unconstitutional. The executive branch has grown far beyond anything that the founding generation could have ever imagined. Uh, I'll post a link in the show notes page to an article about executive power, and uh, you'll get a sense of just how limited presidential authority is supposed to be. But now, basically, the president has become legislator-in-chief. You know, we almost have an elected king. So under those circumstances, I don't care who's in the White House, you're going to hear a lot of criticism coming out of my mouth because they're going to be doing a lot of things that are unconstitutional and antithetical to liberty. But this week, Trump has made it really, really difficult not to like him because he has done well, one thing that I think is absolutely amazing, and and then he signed a couple of other things into law, which are actually good steps forward in terms of liberty. So that's why I'm calling this episode Good Trump, Bad Trump, because, well, that's basically what he is. And when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, he's really, really bad. So let's start with Bad Trump. Bad Trump is the one who pushed through this horrendous, unconstitutional, and quite frankly, absurd bump stock ban. Now, under this new agency rule, which is in effect a law, anyone who possesses one of these devices will have 90 days to either turn it in or destroy it. That's uh, 90 days from the date that the rule is published in the Federal Register, which was actually supposed to happen today, which is Friday, December 21st, 2018. Now, I was kind of curious, how many bump stocks are there out there? Well, I actually was able to find out that the ATF estimates that there have been about 600,000 bump stocks sold since 2010. I don't know where they came up with that number, but that's a lot of people who were suddenly turned into felons with the uh, stroke of a pen. It's amazing to me how many 
conservatives I've seen actually defending this. Uh, you know, they'll say, well, it's not really under the Second Amendment because uh, it's not actually a firearm. You know, you, you'd never hear them saying that if it was a Democrat who was doing it. They're just trying to defend their guy. Um, the fact of the matter is the federal government has no authority to ban a bump stock, even if it uh, wasn't related to firearms. The federal government doesn't have that authority. Article 1, Section 8 does not delegate to Congress. It certainly doesn't de delegate to the president the authority to ban a thing and force you to get rid of that thing. Uh, that power just simply does not exist. Uh, other people have defended this by saying, well, bump stocks are useless. You know, we don't, nobody needs a bump stock. I've never understood that argument, and usually you hear it from lefties. I, I can't for the life of me figure out what what they think I need has to do with the power of the federal government to ban it. Uh, so whether you need a bump stock or not, and I happen to agree, I think they're kind of dumb. Uh, if you don't know what a bump stock is, it's basically a device that uh, it uses the recoil of a rifle uh, to make it fire faster. It will, it will make a semi-automatic fire similar to a, uh, a machine gun. It's basically a waste of ammunition, if you ask me. But people want to have it. They should be able to have it. It's certainly not up to the federal government to ban these bump stocks. Now, here's what's really ironic. The process that Obama used to ban these things is the exact same process that Barack Obama tried to use to ban M855 ammunition. Uh, Acting G Attorney General Matthew Whitaker signed this new rule, and it's notable considering the fact that the Obama administration did not believe that the federal law allowed it to ban bump stocks. Now, let that sink in for a moment. The gun-grabbing Democrat didn't think that bump stocks were uh, bannable under federal law, but the NRA endorsed Donald Trump. He thought that this was fine and dandy. And like I said, this is the same process that the Obama administration used to try to ban this ammunition. They tried to classify it as armor-piercing to qualify it for federal prohibition under the 1968 Gun Control Act. And basically what Obama did was he— um, or basically what Trump did and the Trump administration did is they it classified bump stocks in a way that, that made them effectively a, a machine gun, which they aren't. So this is bad Trump. I mean, this is federal gun control. It's unconstitutional. Uh, Trump supporters can try to parse it and slice it any way they want to. It's still unconstitutional gun control. Thank you, Republicans. Oh, but thank God Hillary didn't get elected because then we might be worried about our guns, right? So... That's bad Trump. But then we have good Trump. And like I said, when good Trump is good, he is really, really good. And I'm talking about the uh, order the, or the announcement that came out actually yesterday as I record this, that the administration is planning to pull all the U.S. troops out of Syria. And uh, on top of that, there are also reports that the uh, administration is going to pull about 50 percent of the U.S. forces out of Afghanistan. This is amazingly wonderful, fantastic news. And, uh, you know, anti-war is probably my biggest issue. If nothing else, this means that my tax dollars are not going to be used to kill people in Syria anymore. And 
I'm not going to get into all the geopolitical ramifications and the debates and arguments. I'll just say this very simply. If you are for limited government, you can't be for endless wars. It doesn't work. If you're for limited government, you can't be for the United States intervening all over the world. It costs trillions of dollars. It costs lives. It degrades the morality of the country. It is the antithesis of limited government. On top of the fact that it is also absolutely unconstitutional, there's never been a declaration of war, there's absolutely no legitimate constitutional authorization for United States to have troops in Syria. So they should have never been there in the first place. Now, people will say that, you know, by pulling out, we're, we're leaving our allies hanging and, uh, you know, we're going to make the situation worse. And, and, you'll, and you'll hear all these arguments. Here's the thing. The U.S. foreign policy is what created this huge mess in the first place. So, you know, it's funny because when you talk about economics, uh, a conservative will say, well, you know, every time that we intervene in the economy, it just creates unforeseen consequences. And then the government tries to intervene again, and they just need to get out and let the free market work. Well, you know what? That same thing holds true in foreign policy. The United States needs to get out. They need to let things settle down. They need to let these parties in these foreign countries settle things for themselves. It is not the United States of Syria. I don't care if Russia has influence there. Russia has had influence in Syria for years and years, decades and decades. Syria has always been an ally of Russia. I don't care. So those arguments are not compelling to me. But I'm going to link in the show notes page to a podcast that uh, Tom Woods did just recently with Scott Horton, and they dig into all of the actual foreign policy ramifications. So if you're interested in that, uh, listen to Scott because he lays it out. He makes it a, a very good case why the U.S. shouldn't be there now. They should have never been there, and we don't need to be there in the future. To me, the bottom line is less death and destruction at the hands of the U.S. government. To me, that's a win. That is good Trump. It's also good if you believe in limited government, like I said, because you don't have limited government and American empire building. And that's what all of this has been. It's empire building. Make no mistake about it. What's really funny is to watch the neocons and the leftists all have a freak out at the same time. You've got like lefty Hollywood people tweeting Lindsey Graham tweets out. Absolutely hilarious. Here's what I think. When you have neoconservatives like Lindsey Graham, uh, Bolton, and uh, John McCain's ghost that oppose something, and a bunch of Hollywood leftists that also oppose something, it's probably something that should be done. So I give Donald Trump kudos. Bad Trump for the gun control. Good Trump for getting America out of the wars. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10th You can also subscribe to the podcast over at iTunes. Leave a review there. And I appreciate you listening. Have a good one.